Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. But what I, what I want to encourage you this morning is that um, someone before the service, you just had a word that basically God's got a banquet for us. And, and that at a banquet, you go forward and you fill your plate and you have a feed. Then you go back and you fill it again and you have another feed. And you go back until you can't walk. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you, you, you feed, you, you feed, and you go and you, you grab and, and not grab, but you 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 enjoy the, the the good fear. And then someone else had a had a had a word that basically, like, quite often it's about not being not holding back. And I kind of put it to being like, let's not be polite this morning. Let's not kind of hey come and and, and taste and see that that God God is good. Let's not go, oh, no, 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 and then have to be asked again, oh, no, 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 and, that, and be that polite person. But let's actually just accept the invitation. Let's just go, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's walk forward. Let's take that invitation as it is, as it stands, and let's go and um, enjoy the banquet that God has for us, which is his goodness, his love, his kindness, his presence. So anyway, um. It was a funny thing last weekend. I, was, I got this text from Glenn saying, Hey, Doug, can I get you to give a brief thing about glory from a bloke that doesn't get the touchy-feelies perspective? <laughs> um, and touchy-feelies is, is what I kind of, kind of get it as. is um, We're all different. We all have a different experience of who God is and, 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 and what God is in us and, and how we relate to God and how God relates to us. And some some of us we get a you know we get a nice warm thing in our heart or we get kind of like feel tingles down our back. Some of us God even calls us um on the phone. Um you know but, but you know so, but some we all have a different perspective. We all have a different experience of how God re- relates to us. And so for me my experience is not one where I pray, get prayed for and fall over or um, get all warm and fuzzy and, and things like that. So that's not my experience. But my experience is, is, um, is, is somewhat different to that. And so if you get the touchy-feelies and experience the Holy Spirit in a tangible way like that and he rocks your world and shifts you, then I'm eternally envious of you. <laughs> and I say that's truly awesome, but it's not, not how I roll. Now, this isn't an excuse. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This isn't an excuse, or God doesn't work that way, negative thing. It's, I'm a total, total believer in the whole power of the Holy Spirit and moving and shaking, so hear me out. So I think that's actually why Glenn asked me to share. So the glory of God, in the Old Testament, it talked about the glory of God falling on the temple. For example, it was the presence of God. And later in the New Testament, it talks about the Holy Spirit falling on people as the presence of God, e.g. Pentecost and things like that. So in this instance, I'm going to interchange the two. So I just want to start with a few verses. And the Bible is often a great place to start, so I thought I'd go there. So Galatians 5.22. 
But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And here there is no conflict with the law. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, um, actually I didn't have that up, but never mind. It's, it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure someone else is going to talk about that anyway. But that's where you have words of knowledge, prophecy, um, gifts of wisdom, and things like that. So, and, and the ability to pray for people and they're healed and, and things like that. Um, so basically, how I start my day is I grab my Bible and quickly read a bit. And then I start by simply asking God just to be with me and to help me see and what I mean by that is, is to help me see what I need to see. Because as a bloke, we can be pretty blind to other people and what other people need and stuff. So I ask him to help me see. And um, I have this job where I was a troubleshooter. Is that people's machines would break down and I'd get a call and I'd turn up and I'd try to have to fix it. It could be mechanical, electrical or even operator area, error. It could be anything. And so to be fair, not blowing my own trumpet, but I was actually pretty good at it. Um, and I used to walk into these situations and I'd have no idea what I was walking into. Or I'd just stand in front of the machine and not have a clue where to start. And it was just like, someone else understands that because he has the same role. Um, so I'd have, not have a clue where to start. So I would just start praying and asking God, to lead me to the issue. And the funny thing is, is, sometimes something would pop into my head. Or maybe I'd see something out of the corner of my eye that would just go, well, what's that? Or maybe I'd think to start to looking at or into something. And sooner or later, I'd end up fixing the problem. And um, I just have an, I had an offsider, who some of you guys know as Aaron, and you've, and you've met and he'd often ask me, how did you know to look there? How did you know? Just how did you know? And I would say, dude, I didn't. I just started praying. And he'd just look at me with that strange, unknowing look. And um, recently, we were heading to a job that he'd been working on for a while. And he was having heaps of issues with it. And he asked me to come along and give my two cents worth. So on the, on the way there, he was asking, what are we, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this problem? What, why is this happening? Where are we going to start? Because he'd had the whole thing apart, and he was just, you know, he was lost. And I just looked at him and said, mate, I have no idea, so I'm going to start praying. And the funny thing is, is we walked into that place, and within about half an hour, we found the, found the issue. And so for me, the Holy Spirit deal and the presence is something that I acknowledge every day. I don't get a buzzy feeling, but to me it is very real. At work, the guys say when I'm not in the office, it has a very different feel. I like to think that it's not just me, but maybe it's the God factor. Because when you have received Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he is with you, whether you feel it or not. And if you don't feel it, just be thankful and acknowledge him for the fact that he's working in you anyway but he's just staying anonymous for now. So my take on this, Paul talks about praying without ceasing. The Bible talks about living in communion with the Holy Spirit. 
My favorite verse in the Bible comes from Philippians 2.13, and it simply says this, For God is at work within you, helping you want to obey him, and then helping you do what he wants. For me, that's how the Holy Spirit and how I relate to him. So um, that's my, my experience and my take. And I'm going to hand over to Marion, who is an amazing lady. And she's going to give us her take. It's all yours. Thank you. I feel a bit like uh, the filling in the sandwich today <laughs> between these two awesome blokes. <laughs> well, it's definitely the soft squidgy bit. <laughs> I'm just going to take a moment. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Oh, God. Little bony end moment. So when Glenn asked me to share about the glory, I was quite surprised because, as you know, it's usually my husband who does this kind of stuff, not me. But, you know, it's... And to be honest, if he'd asked me to share on just about anything else... I would have hesitated. But when it comes to the presence of God, it's irresistible. I'm just in boots and all. So, oh, shake. <laughs> it wasn't always like that. Um, I grew up in a conservative Baptist church. It was a wonderful, loving community of people with, you know, really good, solid Bible-based teaching but it was quite an intellectual approach to Christianity. It's not that they didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and experiences and things like that, like, you know, tongues and signs and wonders, but it was just kind of ignored. Um, it was, wasn't considered necessary or valid for today. So I'd given my heart to Jesus as a child, and I had a really strong faith. I never had any trouble believing that God existed. And, you know, I always tried to do the right things, read my Bible, not very well, pray, not very well. <laughs> but I just always felt like I, I tried so hard, but I just always felt a bit hollow, like there was something missing. You know, and from time to time, I'd see people come through and they were so fervent and so passionate about their faith. And, oh, man, I wanted that. But I didn't really know what that was. So when I first experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit in worship, it was in a Pentecostal Baptist church, good old Royal Oak, back in the 80s. And, oh, it was like someone flicked a big switch and the lights came on. It was just... Something came alive inside me, and, you know, I believe it was my spirit woke up and um, sprang into life. And there was this joy and excitement. It was like my Christian life up until that point had been sort of one-dimensional, flat, black and white. And all of a sudden, in the presence of God, it was 3D and glorious technicolor, as they say. So, you know, what happened? Well, the Bible tells us that we are made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. 
And I believe that when we come into his presence and encounter the Holy Spirit, that spiritual part of us simply can't help but respond. It's like we have this coal, you know, the coal from the fire, this ember that just sits inside of us dormant or maybe with just the faintest glow. And when we open ourselves up in his presence, the Spirit of God blows on that coal and it flares up and it bursts into flame. And that's what's so powerful about getting together like this, worshipping together, because it's infectious. You know, you put, you put a live coal beside a, 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 you know, a, just a black coal and it, it catches fire. And so, you know, we're all here with our glowing coals. And it only takes one or two of us to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit. And whoosh, we can all catch fire. It's so exciting. All we have to do is open ourselves up and welcome him in. You know, and for me, that's a lot of what lifting hands is all about. You know, it's saying, opening myself up and saying, here I am, God. (laughs) Or probably more often than not, here I am, God. (laughs) Pick me. (laughs) So, you know, the other thing I love that is so powerful about the glory and how the Holy Spirit communicates with me and me with him is that it totally bypasses my mind. I can't figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. It's a mystery. And it requires a leap of faith. Sometimes, pretty much all the time, the biggest stumbling block to God working in my life is my mind. I'm constantly overthinking things. (laughs) Just ask my husband. Drives him to distraction. (laughs) Um, That's why I believe... Like speaking in tongues is so powerful because it is my spirit talking to God's spirit, to the Holy Spirit, about deep things beyond my understanding. My mind can't get in the way. I can't have any agenda. It's just allowing God to do the business, to deal with the really important stuff. And whether this is just for myself or when I'm praying for someone else, you know, it it sounds like a whole bunch of gobbledygook. And it is to our conscious mind, but not to God. God understands every word. It's like I'm whispering precious secrets to God. And he whispers back deep things into my spirit or into the person that, you know, we're praying for. God's presence is life-changing. I believe it. It has changed my life. Powerful stuff can happen when we're just in the presence of the living God, whether we are aware of it or not. Stuff in our lives can begin to shift. You know, God knows us intimately, better than we know ourselves. He knows exactly what we need. You know, maybe it's right at the start, accepting Jesus as our saviour. Maybe it's overcoming struggles in our life. Things we've been battling with for years can just start to melt away in his presence. 
Maybe it's physical healing. You know, God can do amazing things just when we're with him in his presence. Maybe we're running on MD and desperately need refueling. It's in the presence of the Holy Spirit that God fills up our tank. Or maybe, and probably most importantly, last but very definitely not least, it's not about anything we need. It's not about us. It's actually simply about worshipping our loving Heavenly Father, about having the pleasure of just lingering in his presence and just being totally overwhelmed by his goodness and his grace. I don't know about you, but I don't want to come here week after week just going through the motions. Same old, same old. I want to meet with God. I want to bask in his presence. I want to be changed from glory to glory. I don't want to leave here the same way I came in. How about you? Are you with me? Because we can do this together. I can handle it. (laughs) Yeah. No problem. How is everybody? Good? Good, good. Despite the, um, let's not go into sports. (laughs) Glory, the glory of God. So I've got a few scriptures. I'm going to have to sort of um, do a uh, trimmed version of this, but that's all good. Um, What is the glory of God? So the first scripture I want to look at, I just want to do a bit of a teaching on it because I... um, I did a search, you know, have your little Bible apps and you just type in a word and it brings up every scripture in the Bible that has that word in it. So I typed in glory, obviously, and uh, it's fascinating and there's so much um, about glory in the Bible. So I've, I've tried to put a, a little teaching together and we'll see how we go. Romans 3.23 says, um, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God which should be up there, but it's sort of not. But, you know, it's all right. It's only a very short verse. So what does that verse say? It says, we are called to live in the glory. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if we hadn't sinned, we would be living in the glory of God. And so the place of our habitation is in the glory of God. That's God's original plan and purpose for us. Um, Adam and Eve lived in the glory of God until... His naughty wife went and ate an apple, and uh, and he was a he was a gutless wonder, and he did the same thing. So, so sin separates us from the glory, but Jesus has solved the sin issue and given us His righteousness and holiness to live in the glory of God. Our obligation now is to live free of sin in perfect holiness, out of reverence for Him. He gives us the holiness; we've just got to choose to walk in it. Jesus came to restore us into the glory into the fullness of his kingdom. 
His blood is cleansed and washed away and washed all those who receive it and repent of their sin and their old way of life to walk in the new way of glory. God's desire is for us to walk and live in intimacy with him. He desires to know us and and for us to be known by him. I keep thinking of that scripture, you know, um, at the end of time when the, the sort of the judgment things happen, and these people come up to Jesus and they said, didn't we do many um, signs and wonders in your name and prophesied and did this, that, and the other? And he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And so it's one thing for us to think that we know God, but we have to. I'm actually a big girl's blouse, if you didn't really <laughs> already know that. If I, <coughs> if I get a bit um, emotional, that's what that is. <coughs> um, where was I going with this? Um, so, yeah, we, we think we know God, but it, we have to get into this place of vulnerability and intimacy with him, which is in the glory of God, which is what these two guys are talking about, um, so that he knows us. That's, that's a whole other topic on its own. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Ask of me and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. His desire is to reveal the glory of his kingdom to us so that we can set our hearts upon the glory that is to be revealed, which will enable us to overcome the challenges and the testings that we must endure in this earthly realm. Um, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross and despised the shame. Because he lived in that place of glory. He knew that, you know, our spirit being is actually in heaven with God. I don't know how that works, but it says we are currently seated with him in heavenly places. So our spirit man, if you like, is communing with God um, even while we're here on the earth. Um, But if we have visions and encounters with his glory, uh, which one day will cover the whole earth, the Bible says the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth even as the waters cover the sea, that, that'll, that'll strengthen us to keep going through any testing, any trial, any temptation, um, hopefully so. So the next scripture I want to look at is Exodus 33, 18, 19. I'll just read it off there. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and compassion on whom I will have compassion. So what is God's glory? When Moses said, show me your glory, um, God said, I will let my goodness pass before you. So God's glory is his goodness, which encompasses basically everything. You know, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. So the, the glory of God is more than just the Holy Spirit. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled with the Spirit of God. We're to pray in tongues to edify and build ourselves up in the Spirit. But the glory of God encompasses the fullness of the Spirit. It's healing. It's provision. It's peace. It's blessing. It's favor. It's signs and wonders and miracles. It's seeing angels and having heavenly encounters. Things happen in the glory and there is an ease in the glory of God. It's where we let go and and we let God. Everybody knows that phrase. Healing Healing happens and miracles happen in the glory atmosphere of heaven. 
We can enter into this glory while we live on this earth and experience his goodness in all aspects of our lives. His glory goes beyond human reasoning and our natural minds. Jesus told us to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done now on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's no sickness or disease or pain or lack or suffering in heaven. And this is what the glory of God is. It's God's will and purpose being done on the earth in and through us all the time by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, now let's look at Second Chronicles. Um, there's a couple of verses there talking about the Shekinah glory. Um, Doug touched on this, I think. Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. This is a prayer that um, Solomon prayed as he was dedicating the temple. And so the next verse in uh, 7, 1 to 4, says, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So um, just keep that in mind that there was a temple in the Old Testament which was a literal building that Solomon built and the glory of God came and filled it. And it goes on to say that the priest could not minister because the glory cloud came in and there was such a presence of God that they couldn't stand to minister and they were just overwhelmed and overcome by the glory of God, which can and does happen these days. And that's partly what... um, Marion was uh, talking about and alluding to that, you know, in a meeting such as this, uh, the glory of God could just come in and, and, and just undo everybody. And that's not a thing to be scared of. That's a thing to step into. Um, even though our natural minds and our flesh get scared, your spirit man is going, yeah, bring it on. And we step into that and we become undone in his presence. And God starts to perform heart surgery on us and change us. <clears throat> so 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 17 talks about we on the earth, the church on the earth now is his temple. So in the Old Testament, there was a literal temple. In the New Testament, it says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives among you? <clears throat> if anyone does destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. So that's that's the corporate, um, they're speaking corporately, that don't you know that you yourselves, the church, is the temple of God and God's glory will dwell in you. But this, um, this next verse here, which is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, is that what we've got? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So just as God filled the temple in Solomon's day, he wants to fill both the corporate temple of the church and us individually as temples with his Holy Spirit and with his glory which will bring about those things we talked about before, complete provision, peace, healing, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's quickly look at Revelation uh, 4. And this is the, the response in heaven around the throne of God to seeing God's glory. 
In front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion, second like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So these weird-looking creatures were in the glory of God and they couldn't do anything but stop. Let's read this. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and lay their crowns before him. So the natural spot response for us encountering the glory is worship. And we do that in a small way this morning, and we're about to go into that shortly. So my very last scripture, you'll be pleased to hear, is John seventeen twenty two and 24, where Jesus prayed that we would see his glory. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. So Jesus is literally praying to God that the church on the earth would see him in his glory as he is now, not not as he was as a man on the earth, but literally behold him in his glory. And... um, it might sound a bit weird, a bit out there, but there are people on the earth now who, who, in their spirit, go up into heaven and see the glory of God. And that's something that each one of us could ask God for and, and try and attain to, not, not, in a, in a, uh, not in a striving way, but, you know, that, that's something that Jesus actually, actually prayed. Um, and, uh, you know, it's biblical. John in Revelation was on the island of Patmos, as you probably all know, and um, God said, come up here, and he showed him the glory of heaven. And so it's not something that's extra-biblical, it's something that is, that is for us and can be had and attained in this life. So um, can I just get the band up, please? So what I want to do for a minute, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, but... That may happen, who knows. <laughs> um, so can we all stand for a minute? <clears throat> so what I want to do is, I mean, I spoke before, when I was leading, before leading that song, that worship is not designed to be a spectator sport. We're meant to participate in it, and it's a choice that we make to step into the presence of God, to overcome our, our fears, our embarrassment. It can actually be quite a, an issue for some people just to close their eyes and raise their hands. You know, you've got you to kill that part of you <laughs> that doesn't want to do that. So this morning, I thought if we just all... Close our eyes. I'm not going to get you to say anything. I just want us all to 
lift our hands just like this. And just shut your eyes and just feel the presence of God. <laughs> 